I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. Every culture has a hierarchy. And there's usually an extra special place reserved for people at the very bottom of the ladder. In Japan, it might be the selfish. In America, perhaps the freeloader. But to us Israelis, it's very clear who's at the bottom. The friars. Friar is a Yiddish term that's been absorbed into everyday Hebrew. It can be loosely translated to mean a sucker, a fool, a pushover, or a dupe. Whatever it is, if you live in Israel long enough, you develop a sixth sense of sorts. You can smell a friar from a mile away, and sometimes the smell is you. The Daily Friar is an online satirical blog founded by Aaron Shear. Aaron made Aliyah after serving in the U.S. military. He joined the IDF and decided to... No? Aaron did not join the IDF, but decided to stay in Israel, in the land of suckers. We're super excited to have him on the podcast today to talk about it and what it's like to become an Israeli. How Hello. are you, man? Thank you for having me. Wow, that was uh, arduous, but we got through it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And we Thank have you, new mics. Whoa. We have new mics, and they are amazing. Thanks. And we're still to- getting used to them. Yeah. Thanks sort to the of. Jewish Journal for getting us the mics. Did y'all listen you. to the Chappelle show growing up? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, he had one. He had a fake mixtape where the entire tape was him saying, "Turn my mic up." <laughs> really? <laughs> For how long? Like five minutes. Like, turn my mic up, up. <laughs> so uh, these, fortunately, we don't have to turn up. They're like almost too loud. But um, so, what is a friar to you? You know, I, you know, it's a sucker. Uh, you know, I think, I think, huh? As a, as Olim. You can sort of embrace it, and you know, as time goes on, as time goes on, you can sort of embrace it, and not. You learn to choose your battles, you know. Uh, after a while, I think I've mellowed out here. Uh, my my elbows aren't as sharp. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be a little less uh, abrasive, uh, and just let things, you know, let some shit go by. Uh, but it's also the way I live my life here. Honestly, I I try to minimize my chances of getting taken in you know i uh i said this on my last podcast i have a nice landlord i don't mess with him he doesn't mess with me he's a nice person uh i'd rather not go through that process again you know i i i got through the process i have a you know i have a a, a decent apartment and the idea of me going through that horror show of getting a tel aviv apartment where you know you have to sign your grandparents uh you know to uh indentured servitude and things of that nature it's just right you know I, you know, if I have a good deal, I'll stay with it. If I have a good barber, I'll stay with him or her. You know, I just, I try to, you know, once, once I find a, a you know, a, a setup. A decent human being in exactly. Israel, that's a keeper. Yeah, and, you know, I guess my goal is, I think all of our goals should be to grow. There's good Israel and bad Israel. Right. And my goal is to grow good Israel and shrink bad Israel. Uh, you know, What's, what's bad Israel? You know, bad Israel is, is people trying to, to get by on one another uh, a country full of Jews that doesn't know how to open a bank uh, a you know we sh- some of the problems we have a country with 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 incredible agriculture where food costs twice as much as as in Europe mm-hmm. uh, you know these are problems of our own creation uh, and I think they're getting better but what was your first like um, <clears throat> friar experience here in Israel? Oh, I'm sure a lot of them. I think getting my stuff out of the port was probably a friar experience. Uh, 
just you know, uh, the, you know the fees, you know the hidden fees and things of that nature. I didn't make Aliyah at first. I came here uh, straight out of the military. I did the GI Bill, so I kind of came on a tourist visa. So I, I actually didn't have some of the uh, people make fun of Nefesh Benefesh. I make fun of Nefesh Benefesh, but Baruch Hashem for Nefesh Benefesh. They sort of help you, you know, through the process. And I did. I, I didn't do that at first. When I first came here, I just set my shit here. And so yeah, I ran into some problems with that. Oh, uh, actually. Yeah, I don't. I think I've been okay here. Uh, yeah. What, what I, kind of problems did you have at the port? Like, what, what do you mean hidden fees? Like, all of a sudden they just, slapped. Uh... There was like I was I was two weeks. Uh, I was trying to get my paper together, and they just they're like, oh, for the two weeks you owe a thousand dollars. Like, oh, that's a lot of money for sitting, you know, in a port. Uh, and no one had told you this. No, that's crazy. No, but uh, you know, you live and learn. You know. <laughs> yeah, I guess you do. So. Yeah. So you've been here how long since Jul- when? July f- July will be five years. Five wow, years. That's okay. crazy. Yeah. I, saying that is is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I made Aliyah three and a half years ago. Okay, so you eventually did make Aliyah. Yeah, you I, did I, that with Nefesh Benefesh. I did. I did after my master's degree at uh, Tel University. Uh, I made Aliyah. And and why did you? What? How come it took like a year and a half? Did you consciously decide not to, or did you not know what it was? Or I was I was sort of well, you know, coming here was Aliyah light, and you know, I knew that there was advantages and disadvantages to making Aliyah. I think the biggest thing was that I was, you know, I was. Uh, a mid-grade officer in the military, and I was on a career path where I learned. I was learning the political military aspects. Uh, I was working as a political advisor to a general when I re- took early retirement, and there was multiple jobs that opened up. And I knew that the number one way to to burn your security clearance is to move to Israel and make Aliyah. I mean, I'm basically there was a conscious t- for for that pulling reason, the old Jonathan Pollard. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, a lot of when I, I've uh, I, I was once talking to a woman here in Israel and she says, I'm going to Jonathan Pollard rally. And I said, I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. Uh, and that's sort people of, don't realize, that, that'd, put, that'd put a kibosh on that. People don't realize the, the damage. Every, every Jew in the military in the U S has to have that idiot on his shoulder. Uh, I'm it's not crazy. Uh, it's I amazing. don't have for or against him being at, he's okay. He's out of jail. Great. If he moves to Israel, if the, if the citizens of Israel want him to move here, fine. Uh, if he walks in the room, I walk out of the room. I have nothing to say to him. Uh, well, yeah. so it's it's. I didn't even right. realize people that, who don't know. Yeah. Let's well, Jonathan recap. Pollard is was an American uh, soldier, right? He was an no. intelligence. intelligence. Uh, he was a civilian yeah. intelligence analyst. So he yeah. was a, a GS employee of or, or, or an equivalent of that in the mid 1980s. 1985, he was arrested. And he was giving information to the Israeli. He was yeah, serving as he was a spy. a spy. He was a spy. Yeah. He was passing for information. the Mossad. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. they were on on him. He famously fled to the embassy, but then Rafi Eitan, who is famous for uh, catching Eichmann, who was had his uh, operation, his operator, how do you call it? Like uh, he he managed him in the yeah. Mossad, handler, yeah. a handler. He uh, uh, gave an order to the embassy to not open the gates, sure, and left him outside this famous story, and then he was captured and, and he went was to in jail for. For yeah, thirty years or so, yeah, right, thirty-four yeah. years. Um, so, how? What do you mean by over the shoulder? Every Jewish, how, did, how do, does it feel? Uh, well, okay, there's because it was, you know, it was he was a stereotype to come to life of you know that this shitty stereotype that's followed us around that we're disloyal that you know we have this higher allegiance that we don't you know that we can't be trusted. 
and once every blue moon it comes true and we have to live with that idiot whereas the rest of us are trying to like kind of live it down of you know you know standing up for the flag and things of that nature and being i i think you know a an american patriot uh of the best best of our ability and he came over and he he fucked it up uh you know he maybe he was immature maybe he's grown up in that time and he's figured out what what he did right and wrong maybe no i don't know okay, no. uh i have nothing to say to him how about that but 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 the damage up until today is it's probably i guess you could call it like maybe like uranium half-life where it's sort of like every year it's probably less and less but they will never trust us like they did before this, I guess. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I mean, there's brand. I never in. I never woke up in the middle of the night and said that there'd be a, a congresswoman from Minnesota who says that that Israel hypnotized the world, or that it's all about the Benjamins, or you know, right? I, and or that or that you know, just to be fair, that there's a idiot white supremacist nineteen year old who walks into a Chabad. So, but that's a that's a left leaning congresswoman who probably thinks. Like the American military is, you know, uh, is a horrible institution well, yeah, that's we, responsible for awful crimes. We, but, we literally saved her. Her tribes took us in, in yeah. Somalia, and she came out and said the, the the Americans committed war crimes in Somalia. Where America went in and saved her specific tribe from the warlord tribes that were that were persecuting them. Yeah, and for her to say that is the is the is the. Uh, I guess she's more Jewish than I thought because that's the ultimate chutzpanit, you know? Yeah. Right. But what you're talking about is, is I mean, because that doesn't surprise me, but what you're talking about is in the American military, there's this divide, which... Uh, there's, I mean, it's, I got treated extremely well in the military. I, no I, anti-Semitism I, ever? If it was, if it was, it was extremely low-key or hidden. Uh, I have to say I, I had a great life that the... That the average Christian, you know, I wasn't hiding it. Uh, the average uh, religious Christian in the mil- in the U.S. military honored me and treated me respectfully and helped me with, you know, to observe my holidays. I got more religious in the military. You know, right. the 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 in the, Mar- in the American military, there's a lot of th- outlets you can't go down uh, in terms of enjoying yourself. But religion is, is a constitutional right, and that's sort of ex- that's considered good, clean fun. So they encourage it. You right. Know? So, so the idea that Jonathan Pollard sits on your shoulder is kind of more of a personal thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, it it, it does exist. Uh, I think it does exist uh, in terms of of all the countries you could go to or be affiliated with. You know, um, Mexico, Nigeria, Netherlands, Spain, Luxembourg, Israel. There's one country that that pops up that oh, you went to Israel. It's sort of. You know, even to go to Israel, if if you're just to just to be affiliated in, in where you're going and what you're doing, it would it would raise questions. Uh-huh. Uh, it reminds me. Sorry, it reminds me. Now they said like uh, that it was sort of a, a, a third state that was involved. Uh, I think in the elections, and apart from the Russian collusion, it was rumored that there were claims that Israel was controlling. The election and the Trump yeah. administration yeah, via uh, what's his name um, the son-in-law Kushner Kushner I, I, and it all has to do it, I think it you're giving Jared too much credit I think I think <laughs> you I think you read the New York Times this week yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Daily Fire went to town on that shit did you read it oh uh, yeah oh yeah I think oh I saw it with the uh, f- uh, go fuck yourself oh well, I, yeah, was yeah, there a hidden yeah. message I didn't notice that <laughs> but um, but it seems that like that's it's really putting your identity to test. I mean, 
with with that kind of divide in the American military that you're describing, because it's like it really makes you ask the question, are you first American? And you, I think you, you even said that. Are you, you know, a patriotic American or are you a Jew? I think you, if you live with intellectual honesty, uh, you can like while, you know, while you're in the mil U.S. military, you should be an American. You have to give up your other passports if you're, you know, when we, when, you know, guys from the Dominican Republic, guys from Mexico, you would have to, you, would, you were asked to turn, or guys from Greece, you know, people who were first or second generation, like, hey, if you want to get a top secret, you need to get, um, or, you know, if you want to get secured clearance, you need to turn in your passports. You know, like, mm -hmm. So there's a certain intellectual honesty in it, in that, okay, while I was serving the military, this was, this was my milieu. Uh, now that I'm living in Israel, I've made a conscious decision to live outside of government, not to work for a government. Not, you know, I wouldn't work for the Israeli government. I wouldn't work for the American government. I just want to be... Tel Aviv guy, hmm. you know. And how's I, that I, working for you? I think it's working pretty. I'd like to make a little more money. Uh, maybe we should get some affiliate sponsorships here. Uh, today's podcast right. was brought to you right. by. Uh... Let's sell. Let's sell a package, right? Yeah. Wait, you have a podcast of your own? I'd love to start a podcast, and I'm studying. I, you know, when I talk to Angry Falafel, Daniel, when I talk to you guys, I'm learning. You know how you guys set this up, the craft, uh, uh, your craft. I'd love to someday. Get to this level of uh, technology. I'm impressed. I think it's accessible to the average achad uh, am. But you uh, do have uh, you do have kind of an uh, an outlet for your creative. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> which, uh, which we spoke about at the beginning of it, the Daily yeah. Friar. So how did that come about? You know, I I, uh, I was I always try to be funny. You know, I grew up a small Jewish kid. You know, sort of had you know Jewish complexes, and one of the ways I dealt with being a small Jewish kid who was weird was to be funny to court, kind of get through life and then boom was in the military for a long time and then when i got and, I, and in that milieu you can't really be uh your creativity can only go in certain directions but you can't you have to sort of paint between the lines so for all these years i had all this sort of like hey i want to tell this joke no i can't uh you although know, funny shit i bet happens oh hilarious shit <laughs> hilarious shit happened uh and you know at least i still catch talk 22 to, catch 22 yeah where are the snowdens of yesteryear i love that book and like things that happened to me were hilarious i could tell great stories about it uh but putting it to paper you know and, and, and publicizing it you're running a risk of going mm -hmm. you jonathan pollard no, no, the different risk. This was this is a risk of of you know. There's a way that, especially as an officer, you behave, and it's not, you know, running a goofy blog talking about you know, you know, weird ass shit. You sort of have to, if you're going to be writing, you should probably be writing about you know, with painting between the within the lines, mm -hmm. you know, with telling about you know patriotic acts that were committed in the service of the United States, that kind of stuff, like talking about the glories of service and not I guess. about yeah. Uh, Oh, I, I, you know, I, I get to be kind of uh, this whole bohemian thing of living in Tel Aviv and things of that nature would not be conducive to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But so the Daily Friar for our listeners, I mean, we mentioned at the beginning, it's like kind of like the onion of Israel. Oh, thank you. Um, where you put out kind of uh, fake uh, news that's uh, intended to be fake news um, in a time where fake news is really popular. Yeah. Yeah. So what? When did it happen? How long after you, okay. you moved to Israel did so it start? Right off the boat, I got out and I was like, uh, I was eating lunch, eating at a cafe and on top of Dizengoff near the, the mall, right by the Airbnb I got when I first got here. I'm like, hey, why don't I start a WordPress account? And yeah, I, it was right during the war. Uh, the, Which one? Milchamat Alpayim Arba Right, it's okay, done. Yeah, so uh, Yeah, so July, I got, I left 
on 4th of July 2014 from Germany from the big base called Ramstein Independence Day. Wow. And I got to Israel on the on that Monday uh, and the war broke out on a Tuesday. Oh, and nice. so, you know, uh, just sort of experienced, you know, was, you know, okay. We had rockets every day falling yeah. here in Tel Aviv for 50 days. Yeah, so just sort of hanging out in the, uh, in the interior hallway of your house and, you know, seeing who's came out of the shower and who's, uh, who seemed to be in a, uh, a relationship, uh, you know? <laughs> and so you, that kind of just inspired you to... I started writing about things, and then I was, I was about to go to university, start university in, in Wilpon at the, uh So I started writing a little bit, and didn't really catch on. I wrote a couple stories, and people, and I was putting it on my own Facebook, and I was like, nah, it wasn't going anywhere. And then I was like, I did the university for a while, and I was like, hey, maybe I'll try to get a PhD, and it wasn't working. Uh, I mean, I, I, I got my master's, but uh, it wasn't really, I didn't have the academic chops. It's just a different uh, set of muscles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I started writing again in class, and my friends were like, hey, that's really funny. And so I started writing. This is uh, so I started in the summer of 2014. I put it on hiatus, and then the summer of 2015, I started really writing again in earnest. You know, I showed it to some people. You know, they liked it. I showed it to a girl. It made her laugh, and I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> that's uh, that's good motivation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the, everything <laughs> that men do on Earth. You yeah, know, apartments <laughs> try and make women laugh. Cars, everything's to impress women. Uh, yeah. So I just started writing and, you know, I, I learned social media. I didn't know social media. Some of the women that I went to school with were my friends. Uh, shout out to Rachel and Ari and Aurelia from, uh, from, from uh, Mammoth, uh, the, uh, the Mammoth program, the Middle Eastern Studies program. They taught me how to use social media, how to set up a Twitter account, how to set up an Instagram account, how to, you know. Like a grandfather. Oh, I'm... Yeah, I'm I'm of a certain age, uh, and you know I had to learn all this stuff. I didn't know Twitter. I'm still not good at Twitter, but I have a Twitter account. I have a Instagram account. I have a Pinterest account. Uh, you know, MySpace. I, I was thinking of getting a MySpace account. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that. No, they just got deleted. Tinder? They just deleted all that grinder. Uh, yeah. They just deleted everything from MySpace. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, which is really, tragic. They yeah, yeah, yeah. completely deleted. They absolutely all the deleted. Yeah, oh, they accidentally. They accidentally deleted all the pictures from like 2005 to 2009, and someone's like, "Oh, this is so Beto O'Rourke can run for president." <laughs> <laughs> I bet no one, like, no one noticed. <laughs> no one even cared. They're like, "Oh, I had a MySpace account." Yeah. Um, okay, so, so you said, "Okay, let's do this magazine." Yeah, I just started writing and uh, you know putting my things out uh, a little bit on. Started trying to put it on Times of Israel a little bit once in a while. I did that a little bit. Uh, That's before you bashed Saratotl with the generator, I guess. We're we're friendly. Uh, oh, okay. We're friendly, uh, and I'm going to go to her book. Makes talk. only two of us if, in the table. Okay, that's fair. Uh, uh, he's, gonna, he's 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 referring to me. Okay, well, uh, we had her on the podcast actually. Okay, uh, but I'm but not then, gonna, I'm not going to talk shit. All right, uh, we. Um, what can I say that she, she tell us about the generator? I think sure. So <laughs> very important initiative. So look, I, I kind of poked fun at her a little bit earlier than that without using her name. That it was uh, Times of Israel arrested. Uh, there was a movie called Single White Female that came out in nineteen in the nineteen nineties about a, so a woman who assumes her friend's identity and tries to kill her and steal it. And I was like, well, the Times of Israel is doing that to her hearts. And I made a veiled uh, I made a veiled joke about her uh, with uh, talking about Lafroy or something of that nature. And I left it at that. And she took it, she republished it. I'm like, oh, okay, she knows, you know, she plays the game, that she is a good sport about it. How about that? Um, so, look, I made a joke about her. I told her I was going to make a joke about her. And she took it and she, 
she's very uh, she has her brand and um, look I'm not being um, the way I, I, I'm generally fond of her I think she's a, a unique she has a, a, a unique view of Israel as do I uh, and uh, so I, what's I, the generator okay so it's a it's a uh, well I can bring it I can pull <laughs> yeah, it up yeah 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 so it's called build your own Sarah Tuttle singer article where I've created a fake algorithm uh, so you could build <laughs> your own so you could you could write your own uh, you could write your own story about a gay Mizrahi truck driver who always sells you the best pomegranates in the shuk. <laughs> and again, she's I mean she was a very good sport about it. Uh, and uh, so it's a drop it's drop down menus. Uh, I'm bringing it up. This is one of our most popular stories, and she publicized the story because she thought it was funny. I'm sure, but also because it. You know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So, right. hi, you didn't know me then, but I used to blank, pull down, choose one. Oh, I need to choose one. Wait, read yeah. them off, read okay. them off. Okay, so, um, hi, I, 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 you didn't know me then, but I used to get really baked and crank coal. And prank coal. And prank and crank coal. Liquid. Oh, thanks. Now the now, screen's now off. Now the screen is off. <laughs> okay, uh, you do it. Wait, let me see. Hi, you didn't know me when then, but I used to, and then vape or get really baked and crank call Likud headquarters or try to recycle my bottles until idiots at Supercell got rid of them. Wear Crocs. Want to live in Pentatikva. Choose one and go to the next one. Okay. Be really into Eurovision. I'm going to choose that one. But now I live in Jerusalem, so let me tell you about the... The v game Mr. Ahi truck driver who always sells the best pomegranates. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you let, me, you let me tell you about my Israel. In my Israel, there's an old lady at the Tivtam who reads my palm and tells my fortune. <laughs> when, no, keep going whenever I buy lettuce. Oh, but I can't see the rest of it. Okay. Which reminds me of why... I can't, I really can't stand BB. But look at all the choices. <laughs> look at all the choices. Go through all the choices of I can't stand BB. Hey, uh, it's I can't stand BB. I really can't stand BB. I really really can't stand BB. No, you don't get it. I really can't stand BB. Hey, are you even paying attention? I really can't stand BB. So, uh, the bottom line is she's been she's 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 played along with it. I also wrote a fake page of her book. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I said, hey, I'm going to write a fake page of your book. And she says, can you put a link to my Amazon page? And I'm like, that's fair. You know, so I, you know. We, but it's dangerous because people might expect to be getting your type of content and then buy hers and be really disappointed. <laughs> I'm going to buy three copies of her book because I'm mentioned in the credits as, you know, she's just, you know. She, people, Inspiration. Yeah. And I'm nice. going to buy a copy from my mom just to, to prove that I've done something in Israel. And I'm going to buy a copy for each of the... There's three contributors to the Daily Friar. There's a, a Lee Saunders, who's a British Olay. Uh, there's the woman known as Mia Deitch, who is an Ola, who's now working in San Francisco. And there's uh, my friend's wife, Chaya, uh, uh, Hava Yua, who uh, lives in uh, Over the Green Line and writes about the greater Jerusalem from women's underground. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, just sort of, you know, like humor from, you know, a Dati woman's perspective. I'm like... That's really cool. You know, when she writes yeah. about it, like, you know, things like buying five kilograms of patatim and osherad, like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know like just, you know, I, I like hearing, you know, I see the world this way. And, and when, especially when women write for me, like they see the world differently, 
and different things, you know, they notice different things, they see different things. Like, okay, that's that's good to have that in the. Uh, am I not sitting close enough? Yeah, to you're me? very far from the mic. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm Wait. S- so, what, what's your day to day? I mean, you, you, I'm assuming the Daily Friar is kind of on the side, right? Or is it? Uh, I'm in tour guide school. Okay. Uh, but I'm I'm not doing as much as I mean. It's it the, the despite I should probably be putting out more stuff. But uh, I mean, the Daily Friar. But you can combine. You can do the the, the ultimate Friar tour for a tourist. I always you're you're thinking right like me right now, man. I'm gonna do a Daily right? Friar tour where we walk around and just see all the characters I read about. Like I'm gonna take people to Kikara Tarim. <laughs> <laughs> to the feel. Hubble Friars. Yeah. So I had an entire one of the stories I wrote was that Tel Aviv nominates Kikar Atarim as Palestinian heritage site. Uh, you know, <laughs> for people who don't know, Kikar Atarim was this like this uh, basically the home of the pussycat. Yeah, the, it was an urban mall like idea in the 1970s that Israel tried to create, and it's just a shithole. Yeah, it's got uh, a big strip club on the top of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's basically it's like know. the and hookers of the outside city. also. Yeah. It's like the armpit of Tel Aviv. It's pretty gross, and it's yeah. in the middle of the city, it's basically the, on the beach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's an awful place. Right. It's so dirty, and there's that there's that fountain right in front of the pussycat that's like just empty, like yeah. it hasn't been working for thirty yeah. years, and there's just yeah. like plastic bags yeah. there that have been sitting and it there smells for like, like pee. decades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like the Walking oh. Dead inside. <laughs> so, what what other highlights uh, you have on the Daily Fryer? Um, I uh, let's see. What would like? Oh, that's the one I just wrote. Uh, so probably the biggest story I had this year was uh, uh, a man rushed a hospital after uh, a reformed Jew rushed a hospital after taking whiskey shot each time his rabbi said Tikkun Olam. Uh, <laughs> And, like, that was something that, you know, fairly big people, it got to fairly big people. I think Norman Podaritz, who writes uh, for the commentary, like, put it on, you know, liked it. And I wrote him, a, I said, thank you. I said, thank you for, for liking it. He said, it was very funny. And I left it at that. Uh, actually, uh, approaching you guys was about as much chutzpah as I've shown in a while. I just, I like to, sh- I like my, my work to make its own effect. Uh, I, I, I'm not a hustler. Uh, <laughs> Right. It's really good stuff, though. But yeah, I saw you. there's a little uh, video on the website that you yeah. guys produced. How come you don't put out more video content? It cost a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> people do these. I mean, I, I, I did it the right way. I hired a videographer. I, you know, I, I hired, you know, it cost a bit of money. I paid all my actors. Uh, I don't believe in people working for free. Uh, you're never going to make videos yeah, in Israel. That's your first problem. <laughs> I hate that. Like, it would be a great experience. Like, I, I, maybe I'm going to pay people less the next time. That's but, the thing. Uh, you know what you just said? It sums everything up because let's take the video, the, the viral video uh, scene in Israel or maybe elsewhere too. It, it, it stands on the shoulders of free labor, right? Yeah, and that's and not my those stuff. those are friars. Oh, yeah. Basically. But without the friars, you wouldn't have... Videos. I think I'll pay less, but I think Facebook, everyone should, you know, right? eat for free and 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 get some walking around money at the very least for your for people's, I, you know, money talks bullshit walks. I hate I hate that like you know that oh yeah, it'll be great experience. You know how much am I getting paid for this? <laughs> yeah, the irony here is just <laughs> it's like rain on your wedding day, man. It's, yeah, it's painful. But it is the da- it's called the Daily Fryer. I mean, you would expect you know. In right, normal viral off. videos, the friar are the people making it, but to you honest, chose to be, you know, kind of the Christ and take it all on you and be the friar. 
I wanted to make a good product, uh, yeah. and I wanted to to make. I, I you know it's. I thought the production values on it were high. My my expectation was that people would see that, and it would be my calling card. And people like we want you to make more, uh, mm. and I'd love to make. My my dream would be to make a season of fake news for the t- the Tel Aviv scene. I would love to do that. If I got, I could probably do it for twenty five grand. Make you know, I could probably do it about two thousand dollars an episode. You could yeah. have been such a great KGB operator, though, right? How so? Producing fake news. Oh yeah, no, I mean yeah, I, I mean the one the great. one story I did was American Ole trapped in uh, Ulpan uh, Ulpan Gordon for seven years. And I actually got Ulpan Gordon to go along with it. And like, I was like, you know, I, I got permission to just film there. And I thanked them for it. I said, thank them for not suing me. Uh, you know, I filmed it at Ulpan Gordon. I said, listen, you know, I, I played the, the character. It was a small part of the guy who's been trapped there for seven years and can't speak Hebrew, but he's really picking up good French and Russian. He's trying to flirt with a pretty uh, Russian girl there. And he was married and uh, he was got engaged to, he got married and he got divorced from a French Ola uh, there because he was never home. Uh, <laughs> So how's your Hebrew today? It's decent. Uh, yeah. It can get better. Uh, I'm trying to listen to the radio more. Uh, my conversation is decent. Uh, I I need to just uh, read the newspaper, listen to the radio, because I love doing that. I love having Shmoni and Vishmoni on the background while I'm doing dishes or things of that nature and just kind of, you know, I like... Yeah. I can't imagine, like, <clears throat> I think I've said this before. Ethan is stuck in the same level, by the way. Yeah. No, no, I need, no. like, Lamanati, Ki, I need, like... <laughs> I can't imagine how difficult it is because I, I came here, I grew up to Israeli parents, so I came here right. in, uh, speaking Hebrew, and I had a bunch of friends in the army who didn't speak a word, and it was The army's like, such a fire hose, though, of, yeah, of yeah. boom, you know, you sink or swim, you know? Yeah. But, but I vocabulary, had, but, so. but there were some people who went through it and still came out not speaking a word. There's some idiots in it's every military service. It's amazing. If you're determined, <laughs> you really can, you can like go through the entire military service and not right. learn a word of Hebrew. Yeah, no, it's, you know, you can make it through the military. Like, yeah. I, I knew a guy who got through our basic training that, and our drill sergeant didn't know who he was. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's like, that's black belt jujitsu skating <laughs> that like, he was like, who are you? Like, and it was after six weeks, he just, he, he was able to stay under the radar the whole time, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, wow. which is. Which is it's a useful skill in the incredibly army. useful for yeah. an enlisted man. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I learned that as an enlisted man, and when I went to officer school, I was like, they're like, no, you actually have to, you know, like that skill set of, of like of like skating of hide of, of hiding out during you know when you're supposed to be cleaning and and playing dice in the uh, in the in the broom room. Yeah. I was like I was like I had to unlearn that skill when I became an officer. Like, no, you're actually you're, you're not, not supposed to do you're that. Not, you're not us anymore. You're them. You know. <laughs> Wow. I, it was difficult for me, but I had I tried to I couldn't even like keep this up. But I was uh, I came from a religious kibbutz, and I wanted to keep up the facade of that I was religious because it it bought me that half an hour of prayer time in the morning. Were you like extra. Ruben and Esty religious, or I was I don't I don't know the reference, but uh, Eretz Eretz Nader. Nader. Ah, no, no, I'm uh, I was like I was religious for five, high school. Five yeah. yeah, good job. <laughs> I was like religious for high school, and then uh, and then I came to Israel, and it stopped. Okay. And then, anyway, so I went to the military, and I would, <clears throat> I would pretend to be religious. Did you want the, to do a Hester Yeshiva? Or? Nah. No, no, okay. no. No, I wanted to do the full service. But okay. I still wanted that extra half hour to sleep in the synagogue. Because, you know, yeah. you're tired. Who wants to wake up at 5.30? Yeah. You can wake up at 6. It's sure. <laughs> I think that's how Yeshivas work, actually. <laughs> and then you get to pray throughout the day also. 
right? Yeah, yeah, but not really. I mean, you get like I think f- like another ten minutes on lunch or something. I don't remember how it worked because I wouldn't actually pray. <laughs> <laughs> I just go and sleep in the synagogue. Oh. Yeah, faking religiosity. The, the friars cover this. I did a story called "Is she Shomerit Nagir or does she just think you're gross?" Uh, <laughs> and I got my friend of Shomerit Nagir. She posed for it. You know, she was a good oh, yeah. sport about it. Yeah. It reminds. Do you know? Um, Porn for Jews. I've seen that site. It's hilarious. Like, uh, like we had her on the on the no, show. No, is Sarah I, Rosen? She yeah. writes it. Yeah. Okay. I've seen the stuff where it's like you know I, I blow my shofar. All these double entendres about. Judy. Oh, there's a double. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now I get it. So is she out of New York? Where is she out of? Yeah. Okay. She. That, that's a really funny site. Right. Right. Yeah. It's the, it reminds me of your humor, I think. Oh, I, right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. So, so do you get, do it, like, can people contribute? Yeah. Yeah. I have guest writers. I do it Guest Writer Wednesday that, you know, it's open. Uh, you know, I edit a lot just to keep it within the world I've created. Uh, but, yeah, people, the, the people who've written for me started off as guest writers. Um, you know, I have three guest writers that turn into regular writers. I've gotten just probably four other random people who wrote a funny story. There's a guy who lives up in Safat who's religious who wanted to write a story complaining about all the people coming to Safat looking for spirituality. So it's yeah. called Welcome to Safat, Now Go Home. And I was like, I, you know, I thought he was funny. I'm like, I will put your name up. You're really funny. He was like, no, nah, you didn't want it. So, uh, Wait, so, so you f- have regular writers? I'm trying to understand. Is it, do you run it like a business? Like, is there, there's a, there's a... I write 95% of the stuff. And ah, okay. there's three people who contribute from time to time. Uh, oh, I see. It's like a business only without the earning part. <laughs> sure, I uh, I have a pension, so I, I have a little bit of, and I'm going to be right. a, a tour guide next year. So uh, Right. So before we go, three tips for how to not be a fryer from the expert, okay, from um, the man himself. The less chan- the less interactions you have. Um, well, first of all, don't like if I don't sign up for cable. I have a, I have a Idan Plus, and now I don't have to to deal with hot mobile. Uh, uh, making sweet love to me for for twenty four months as they pull money from me. So just minimizing your minimizing your chances to be uh, a by fr- the big monopolies yeah. here. So learning inter- interact as little as possible with Israelis in general. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> uh, learning Hebrew, uh, learning Hebrew uh, as bad as my Hebrew is when I meet someone who's been here for six years and can't speak a sentence. Like my Hebrew is actually much better outside of Tel Aviv when I have to be in the. Uh, in the periphery, and I'm forced to speak Hebrew. I enjoy it. Um, in the mud. Yeah. Uh, so learning Hebrew. Uh, That's tip number two. And tip number and, three. And uh, hoggle. Huh, that's a good question. Um, that's my tip number three, guys. I say Always tip number huggle. three is just don't give a shit uh, about being a friar. Mm, shop at Supercell. Oh, not Supercell. Shop at, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh What's it called? Uh... Five shackle guy. Uh, ah, yeah, Rami Levy. No, the no, the ah, super, no. super, uh, super, super Kofix. Super Kofix. Yeah. Learn, learn, learn the good deals actually, in Israel. Actually, actually, there you are, fryer. That's the thing because you pay five shekels for every any pod p- product. Right. But they sell you tiny products. So if you if you calculate per grams, <laughs> you're actually being ripped off. So it's ingenious. Yeah, no, but it's actually they're the fryers because. And you're not because the products are small and then you not only spend less, but you eat less <laughs> and you diet and it's healthy. And you die. No, you don't die. You just eat less. You have smaller meals. <laughs> <laughs> no? I don't know, but we got to wrap things up. 
So uh, how can people access your uh, website? Fa slash, yeah. Facebook Daily Fryer. Uh, how do you spell Fryer? D-A-I-L-Y F-R-E-I-E-R, -E -E two words. And on Twitter, it's at Daily Fryer, one word. Uh, dailyfryer.com. Uh, Daily Fryer on uh, Instagram. And Pornhub. Uh, next week. Next okay. week. Uh, you, know. you can look uh, it up. Uncut. You're not going to find uh, what you're looking for. <laughs> uncut. <laughs> um, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, next time, uh, you're going to come to my place and I'm going to bend all your fucking spoons. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be that big by then that you're going to come to me. Like Uri Geller. Yeah, first get a podcast and then we'll talk. Yeah. No one will get that <laughs> reference, but I got it. So that's what matters. There we go. Um, so before we go, we are collaborating. Oh, God. Sorry, guys. This is the first time we're using these mics. So sorry for all the technical issues. We're collaborating with the Jewish Journal. And they helped us, as we mentioned. They got us these amazing mics. So if you hear us so much better, especially Eitan's voice. Yes. Hello. It's because of them. Uh, so jewishjournal.com, go there for amazing uh, content about the Jewish world and podcasts like David Suisse's podcast and just go and check them out. And? And we do this on our free time, guys. So if you want to throw a few schmeckles our way. No. No schmeckles? No. I figured because we're, you know, it's a satirical episode, you no. can throw schmeckles. Mr. Shear will take them. Okay. No, we're not allowed to say schmeckles. I got a message from someone that apparently schmeckle means dick. Oh. So we're asking for people to throw dicks oh, at us. Oh, no. We, no. Don't, we don't want. But I don't think no. you can transfer dicks into any, a bank account anyway. if you wanted to. But anyway, throw us some Welcome shackles. Welcome Israel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Go to 2NJB slash donate. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. We'll put links to your things. Great. And thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye guys.